1: Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.
2: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. The Cowboys are 7-point favorites against the Packers this weekend, and I am excited to see how they manage to mess it up.
3: Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code JENKINS. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code JENKINS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut help is available for problem gambling Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Jen- a very special Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Monday, January 15th, and we are going to celebrate MLK Day in the only way we know how, which is that Tyler is going to do some unspeakable things to the Dallas Cowboys in just a second. <laughs> but before we get going... Fuck you, Jerry. Jen- Happy <laughs> birthday, Martin Luther King. Jen- <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins and Jones hosted by Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's that, Bubbas? Dragonfly Jones, aka Tyler.
2: Hey everybody, have the gun.
3: I'm Guardy B, aka Mike. Mother. Mother fucking fucking Mike. Mike. Mother fucking <laughs> Mike. <laughs> We're produced and joined today by the lovely and talented Jackson Saffron. Somebody said uh um oh, I think it was the uh Seahawk Femme said that she always does the intros along with us. That made me like I don't can't explain why that made me so it. happy, but that made me very happy. You got the best. Some people were like,
0: out. some people were like, especially the motherfucking Mike got to throw some sauce on that. They enjoying that part, so yeah,
2: motherfucking yeah. Mike, motherfucking Mother. Mike, <laughs> motherfucking <laughs> Mike, with the strip club DJ voice.
3: All right, Tyler, why don't you go ahead, and do some stretches, uh, do some vocal warm up, my motherfucker, yeah. right quick. <laughs> now, Tyler. You normally uh, are the Domus, very prescient, usually correct in your predictions. And you gave the Dallas Cowboys this week the benefit of the doubt and thought that they would, at home, beat the youngest playoff team in the modern era in the Green Bay Packers. After all, the Cowboys have a franchise quarterback that they Mm -hmm. believe should be the MVP. They have Mm -hmm. an experienced coach. Best wide
2: receiver in the world.
3: Best wide receiver in the world. Talent up and down the sideline. Mm-hmm. Tyler, per year, did the Dallas Cowboys beat the Green Bay Packers today?
2: They did not. I, I, um, <laughs> I watched it, and the Dallas Cowboys didn't win.
3: They did not win.
2: They did not win, actually.
3: The they got their game?
2: ass beat very badly. <laughs>
3: Actually, Right.
2: And, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to clowning the Cowboys fans. You know, that's that's something I love to do. That's my passion right there. But first, I think we need to talk about this asshole because, you know, like I said, I, I think all of us picked out someone this, right. I think a lot of yes. us were blindsided by the ass whooping that we saw um, here tonight. And I think we need to kind of soak in how historic that ass whooping was. Um, it feels like one of the most embarrassing losses the Cowboys have ever had. And, you know, their are a franchise that bears and losses. That's what they do, bro. You know what I'm saying? And this feels like it is up there with the best or worst of them, however you want to look at it. Right. It feels historic um, in the sense that we perhaps never seen as good of a Cowboys team that just got spanked this badly in the playoffs. Right. And even further it feels historic in the sense that it feels like it it was Jordan Love's coming out party, right? It feels like this is kind of the end of an era and it feels like it's the end of the McCarthy-Prescott Dak era in Dallas. And I think we will look back on this game in years to come and we are going to um, remember it as the moment that Jordan Love arrived and in his wake, he left the Dallas Cowboy franchise in shambles, right? Like like he walked out of Jerry World like Joker in the Dark Knight when he blew up the (laughs) motherfucking (laughs) hospital and shit. You you know what I'm saying? And... (laughs) And um I honestly do think that the McCarthy and Dak error should be done. Um those two are just not it. Like with Mike McCarthy, I I never understood that hire from day 1. You get rid of Jason Garrett because you know the play calling was too conservative and he was underachieving with your quarterback. And you replace him with Mike McCarthy, like another coach, you know what I'm saying, who's known for conservative play calling and underachieving with his quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I just never understood That you replace Jason Garrett with the same dude. It's like Jerry Jones was like, ah, man, you know, Mountain Dew is gross. I'm only drinking Mellow (laughs) Yellow now. Like, like it's the same (laughs) shit, dog. (laughs) Right? And there was always going to be a ceiling that they had with with Mike McCarthy as their coach. And I think they've hit it. And I think it's time for them to move past that now. Um, I also think it's time for them to move on from that. Like, you know, they brought Trey Lance there early in the season for a reason, bro. They let it be known. That, you know, we all know Dak is up for a new contract this summer. They brought Train Lance there like, okay, we're going to evaluate you if you're our guy come seasons in Dak. And if you're not, we are not paying you a gazillion dollars to to not take us anywhere like you've been doing. And we got this kid on a rookie deal and we're going to kick the tires on him. And the you know that big payday for Dak is not coming from the Cowboys. He might have to hit up the motherfucking police officers. He dropped that million dollars off to see if they can kick that back. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be it's gonna be hard times for Dak out there. Police <laughs> face ass nigga, sir. Yes, sir. Face ass nigga. Um, <laughs> but I cannot imagine um, how frustrating it is if you're a Cowboys fan because Dak is one of those dudes, right? Who you know, he lights it up in the regular season. He had like 4,500 yards, like 35 TDs and like nine picks this season. He right just ball the fuck out. But every postseason it's just the same old thing, right? It's just, he just, he just does not show up and worse than just not showing up. He often gives these games away. And the thing about that is he's not like, like the Josh Allen type, right? Like, he's not the type where it's like, okay, we're losing him the same way we win him. You know, this comes with the territory. That's not who who he is. He's not a high-risk, high-reward guy. Like, with Josh Allen, you're like, okay, we lost that game on a pick-through double coverage, but, you know, we live by the TDs. He throws in double coverage, too, so this right. comes with the territory. You know what I'm saying? Dak is not like that. He's a very conservative decision-maker.
3: He's high-risk, he, high low-reward. <laughs> yeah, right. right. He,
2: he's a very conservative decision-maker, which works great for him in, in the regular season, but... You got to take some big shots if you want to win in the playoffs, right? And the thing is, like, it's not even outside of his character when he's making all these turnovers, you know, during the postseason with, like, all these picks he's throwing because he's not stepping outside of himself. If you look at the two picks he had tonight, those two picks were, like, five yards from scrimmage, bro, on, like, a little cross and, like, a little out. He's not throwing picks because he's stepping outside of himself and trying to connect on, like, a 40-yard deep ball home run. He's throwing the same little bullshit that he throws all season. But for some reason in the playoffs, he just does not see defenders there for whatever
3: reason. and um. He's not tripping on himself trying to run a marathon. He's just trying to go to the bathroom, falling down right, on his right, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Stumbling with the motherfucking chili bowl like in the office and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've seen some people, you know, trying to defend, you know, Dak's terrible performance tonight by saying, well, you know, what do you expect? The defense couldn't stop anyone. The playbook had to go to strictly passing. When a, when a defense knows that there's nothing but the pass is coming, any quarterback is going to look bad. And my whole point with that is, bro, Dak threw a pick six, and then he threw another pick that got returned to the two yard line and got punched in for a TD later. Like, y'all talking about the Dallas defense couldn't stop the Green Bay office? Nigga, Dak was the Green Bay office. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think if if you're Dallas, I think you've seen enough. It's the same story every time they go to the playoffs. Dak is just not going to show up, and I think it's time they part ways. He's just not that guy. So, needless to say, I am enjoying all of this. you know there's nothing i love more than seeing cowboys nation in shambles um you know it's just like it's like so affirming and nostalgic to like just see the cowboys and their fan base scrambling because you know these are like some tumultuous times we're living in where everything is fucking changing for the worse and it's like laughing at the cowboys has been you know a national tradition for like the last 25 plus years you know what i'm saying so, so that's something that has remained stable it's like the coca-cola recipe you know what i'm saying so, so you know see, laughing at the cowboys is just something that always makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside it feels like home so you know i don't and, and i'm at the point now where it's like I don't even try to talk the Cowboy fans out of cheering for their team anymore because it's part of the bit now, right? Like the delusion that Cowboy fans have, it's part of the bit. It's like, they are the Wally Coyote of NFL fans. When you watch Wally Coyote cartoons, you don't root for Wally to finally figure it out, right? (laughs) You root to see how disastrous this plan that he has is going to blow up in his face this time. And that's exactly where I'm at right now. And I swear it's enjoyable every fucking time it happens. It never gets old. Death, Taxes and laughing at the Cowboys. And the best part is, this shit is just getting started, bro. Like, Mike McCarthy's gonna be boxing this shit up. Dax is gonna be getting left on read in the group chat with Jerry. They're gonna start a <laughs> coaching search where fucking. I, I would pay. You could put. Jim Harbaugh and Jerry Jones interviewing each other on pay-per-view, and I would buy that shit. Cause that is just a that's lot of crazy f- in one room, that,
4: right? Fa-
3: that is a fact. Yes. That is there a is lot a, of crazy they, in one room. They're gonna talk and about football for about 45 seconds, and then it could be literally any topic. It could be industrial railroad policies of the 18th <laughs> right. century. It could be the caloric content of whole milk versus skim milk. It could right. be literally anything.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. So so yeah, so you know, it might have been the curtain call on the clown show at Jerry's well tonight. But the (laughs) the show is going on the road and we're going to be here all fucking year. And I cannot wait, man.
3: I, uh, yeah, we said we're, we're going to title this episode uh, Chelsea Don't Listen to This Episode. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if she already
0: muted you. She, I wonder, because I'm like, the whole time I was thinking, damn, she had to already mute this nigga. <laughs> you,
2: you had nothing but heat. You know, I was like, damn, cuz. that game was so fucking funny. It was so fucking hilarious. It is a high performance art. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> they say the comedy is the hardest thing to pull off, but the Cowboys always seem to do it, man.
0: Yeah, that was. I saw was, Dallas I... fans jumping in, clowning themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was so bad that like, they couldn't even like fight it. Like they they hopped into in the jokes. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah.
3: You yeah, have after one of those when it's you're getting. I mean, they give up more points than they've ever given up in the playoffs. I mean, it's like at some point you have to either learn to laugh with it or learn to log off. There's not not mm-hmm. really any in between. <laughs> uh I have a couple other questions for Tyler. Tyler, I feel like before the Dragonfly Jones handle was created you were sending text messages to cowboy fans after oh, yeah. embarrassing losses that was probably in the language of an english literature major the <laughs> proto dragonfly <laughs> jones would you say like that's what that's the like the primordial ooze from which your twitter account emerged was making fun of cowboy fans one-on-one versus through mass communication what was the I, text messages that went out today
2: dog i, I legitimately remember like the first time I went on a text rant clowning the Cowboys and it was the 2006 season when Romo fucked up and i not holding that snap. That motherfucking Razor, my Motorola Razor was on fire. I was hitting all my cold cowboy homies up, my, my cowboy cousins and uncles and shit up clowning. But but yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just at the point where bro, I just send the y'all funny as hell laughing about Like nothing else needs to be said. Nothing else needs to be said but just to know that y'all are just a laughing stock, bro and year (laughs) in and year out and the worst type of laughing stock because y'all are talented as hell y'all win 12-13 games every fucking year and then you go out in the playoffs in the most hilarious fashion it's so entertaining
3: Um, I like that you said they have so many embarrassing losses that it's like it's like looking for a haystack in a pile of haystacks you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) All right. we also had uh, John did you see Terrence Crawford Terrence Crawford's tweet
0: I saw that shit
3: he said. He said. They're getting their ass whooped so bad. It reminds me of when me <laughs> when whooped I, an ass whooped this ass. <laughs> <laughs> What made him? Co- did, did, what made him go at old Errol like I, that? I, did I y'all guess see he, it? he's.
2: I guess he's a Cowboys fan. You know, Arrow is from um, Desoto. From Texas. Dallas. You know, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Shout to my homie Marcus. Um, you know, right outside of Dallas, and so you know, j- just wanted to get one last jab in. <laughs> like he ain't get that motherfucker enough jabs when they actually fought.
3: He, and he landed somebody- in another one. Somebody
0: somebody dropped the video that I think that said Arrow was hurt or injured prior. Yeah, and and, and Bud took offense to it, and so I feel like Arrow caught the you know a stray from a some from a fan dropping some shit or whatever. But that shit was funny as hell though. Bud don't give a fuck. Yeah, he doesn't, bro.
3: <laughs> right, that's crazy,
0: man. That's crazy.
3: Um. All right. Right before we hopped on, uh, first of all, one last note on the Packers because obviously it's more fun to make fun of the Cowboys. Um, the because they're the they were the seven seed, they're the first seven seed to ever win, and again the youngest playoff team in the modern era. They're going to San Francisco. I'm a big Niners fan for the divisional weekend, and I I I don't want to play that Packers team. It just looked like like we talked on the mm. with the preview with the Gridiron guy. Every year there's one lower seeded team that just gets hot. Yeah, I thought it might have been the Rams. I thought it might have been all these other teams, but it looks like it's the Packers. And like, that was a scary looking team, bro. And they're playing with house money.
2: Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They don't know they're not supposed to be there. They're fucking, they're all 17 years old. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And Jordan Love, that kid is, man, special, special, special. We're really getting uh, Green Bay, Dallas, Green Bay, San Francisco. It's like the 90s all over again. I love this shit, bro.
3: Yes, right. Yeah, same. Except I wish it was like, I wanted to be playing the Bucks or someone where if the Niners lost, I'd be sad that they lost, but I wouldn't be hearing from 70 fucking people that I know who are fans of that team. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a miserable week for me if the fucking Niners don't beat the Packers bro. But anyway, um, let's talk about the sort of the, the, the flip side of the, uh, of the comedic NFL coin right before we hopped on the Detroit lions won their first playoff mm. football game in 32 years since we were all children. Um, this is the stuff that makes me still, no matter how cynical we could get about sports, I'll always come back for this. They were showing grown men and women just tear snot, just bubbles mm-hmm. coming out of their nose, sobbing, hugging their grandparents and shit in the stands. It was truly, truly beautiful. Um, we joked during the, the Pistons losing streak, like, I'm sure Detroit fans would trade a 0-82 season for one Lions playoff win. And they got it and it was a beautiful thing to see. And I, I was I was happy for the people of Detroit that they got that incredible moment with Barry Sanders and Lions Legend Eminem on the sideline to uh <laughs> to to cheer them on too.
2: Yeah, man. Good good to see, you know, Lions fans finally have a moment because geez, cause they have been through it. And I got love for Detroit, right? Detroit is a city yes. that I really like. It's a city, it's sure. a city I need to fucking visit, you know what I'm saying? Um very black city. It's like my favorite rap city right now, you know what I'm saying? I got a lot of love for Detroit. And something funny shit. Whenever I look at Dan Campbell, the coach of the fucking um, Lions, I always remember when I went on the Levitar show during my beast bracket shit. <laughs> and Stu got posed the question, one Dan Campbell versus three Mike McDaniels, who's win? <laughs> so you know I always think about that. <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> I see. And my money's on Dan Ca- one Dan for Campbell. Um, but,
3: <laughs> but yeah, happy,
2: happy, so fucking happy for the Lions, man. They earned it for real. You said 32 years?
3: Thirty-two years, John. So the
2: choice, light work.
0: So we the Pistons, yeah, Pistons, shit light work. That's why they. <laughs> I wouldn't even ask the question if I knew if I knew that shit. Of course yeah. they stay, they're sticking with the Pistons. Of course they're still Pistons fans because Jesus
3: Christ. We were younger than my son currently is. The last time the Lions won one playoff game. This I, like, I I, I, I vividly
2: crazy. remember that summer day in nineteen ninety eight when Barry Sanders said, that, "That's it for me. I'm done." Like I vividly remember it. That like, was my favorite football on. player. I mean, yeah, I was I my was favorite huge... running back ever. Yeah. Uh,
3: bar none bro i i put this up on twitter i had a book that came with a dvd in it because this was before youtube and you could put the dvd in the computer and watch the barry sanders highlights like that's that was the only way we had otherwise you might see like a 10 second clip on sports right. center and then you would just mm-hmm. need to remember the fuck out of it <laughs> right committed to
2: memory and shit
3: but i had that you know yeah man he he was he was special i was glad he was there too megatron was there like i i appreciate sports franchises that can like get out of their own way put your pride aside and admit even if you lose after this winning one game is a huge like people started crying before the game was even over they started crying right under the two-minute warning when they started kneeling the ball. They didn't At win which, a
0: single playoff game with Megatron, bro? No.
3: Nigga, <laughs> his whole career, feel, he never like, won yeah. a playoff game? Not one.
2: And, and I feel like we, we need to put more respect on Megatron's name. I feel like he's one of the legends who slipped through the cracks. I, I think Insane. he might be the third best wide receiver I've ever seen. It's Jerry, Randy, and Megatron for me, bro.
3: Crazy. Sure. absolutely. And, and you can make an argument to me. Like I'll never let anyone, uh, except for Tyler, I am disrespect Jerry Rice because the stats are so crazy, the speed and the route running was so crazy, mm-hmm. but like physical gifts, I think crazy. you could you oh, yeah. make the argument for Megatron even over Randy, and yes. it's it's hard for me to put anyone in the same conversation as Randy Moss athletically, but Megatron with the strength. Is I you know coupled with the athleticism all right? he was wasn't one of his the best catch radius didn't they like bro. scientifically a one, a, a break a down. garage
2: a one car garage bro like, yeah I they feel like I could throw, throw down a his football to a anywhere garage, nigga dog. you feel me you feel me <laughs>
0: yeah. you know? insane bro <laughs> and and like the, uh, that's that's that is unfathomable that he didn't want a playoff game you know what yep. I'm saying like I'm like, like I didn't I didn't think about that till you brought up make sure I was like yo wait he didn't want to playoff game? that's crazy. That does put.
2: I, in know, pers- the, 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 I was gonna say there's something poetic about how Matt Stafford kind of win them a game, and then he gives them a game when he goes there.
3: So yeah, yeah. I, I I was happy because <laughs> I think Matt Stafford and Jared Goff are both good dudes. I was happy yeah. that it's like it sort of worked out for both of them. Like, you know, Jared yeah, lots Goff.
2: lots of Lions fans were happy for Stafford when he won a Super Bowl. There's no bad blood there. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure, for sure. Well,
3: well, you're a fan of a franchise like that, right? Like that's part of I mean, we talked about this with you being a Washington fan, Tyler. It's like you root for the people that you developed a connection with to go mm-hmm. be successful somewhere else. That's sort of like we talked about that with the with uh with Ian Carmel about Blazers fans. Blazers mm-hmm. fans all want Dame to get a ring. Mm-hmm. That was their guy for like you know, an eighth of their lives if they lived to 80 or whatever. Of course they want him to be successful, but Not all fan bases are like that, but if you're the fan of a long, struggling fan base, that's kind of like all you have is like, okay, vicariously, we're rooting on Matt Stafford. (laughs) My Lions fans said that
0: was a Super Bowl, too. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They celebrated that shit because of Matt Stafford. But anyway,
2: I have wanted some of my favorite Washington fans to leave. Like, you know, what I, I have wanted them to leave. Like, please get out of here. You deserve so much better, bro. I am promising you, you do. Chad Bailey, you sweet quarterback of a man. Please go get a ring somewhere. Um, you're that you're one, so much better than this.
3: Well, we were just talking about with, with, uh, with Megatron and the Lions history puts it into perspective. What a special thing uh, Mufasa D'Amico Ryans Mufasa and CJ Stroud DeMico did with the yeah. Texans. That game was fun as hell for about a fun quarter, stuff. and then the Texans just beat the shit out of the Browns, bro. Like CJ Stroud is the one, man. I I am I love that kid so much. I I really believe in his future. Like I, I I was like I undersold him obviously for how good of a year he had, but I was like, no, I think he's gonna be better than Bryce Young, which like four months later is like a preposterous thing to <laughs> have ever called an opinion, obviously. But yeah, but I'm so. Yeah. So happy for them and for and for our guy Mufasa, the official coach of the year from Jenkins and Jones.
2: Hell yeah. Mufasa, <laughs> the motherfucking coach of the year. Yeah, I I mean him and and, and CJ Stroud, they're doing something really special there. Like right? they have this success in their first year where, you know, um CJ's gonna win offensive rookie of the year. D'Amico's gonna win coach of the year. And for them to just, you know, turn that long suffering franchise, because I remember when D'Amico got hired. And lots of us were like, "Here go the Texans again on their bullshit, giving a shitty job to a black coach." Lots of us were like that, right? It didn't look you, like a you, good you, you position. You and
3: Bo both made that point. It's like this yeah, is the third yeah. time in a row that they're just kind of having a black guy be a sacrificial yeah. lamb in an uh, you know impossible situation, unwinnable think, right? place. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Right, right. Because they had Lovey there, they only gave him a season, got him out of there. But looks like they made the right choice because D'Amico looks like that guy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just just very much you know rooting rooting for um you know D'Amico and CJ bro like this MLK weekend we got CJ Stroud advancing we got fucking Pat Mahomes advancing we got Jordan Love advancing we got uh Ryan Hurts hasn't played yet um Jalen Hurts hasn't played yet uh we got motherfucking uh Lamar we got Lamar's you know, already through. Yep. yeah Lamar's already through we got you know we got D'Amico advancing Mike Tomlin gotta pull it off bro you got to,
3: you got <laughs> oh, to complete the sweep. You got to complete the sweep, bro. You got to. <laughs> I respect your going with Mike Tomlin and not Mason Rudolph.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's. We do not yeah. trust no motherfucking Mason Rudolph. No, maybe, yeah, because
3: Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen is not. That's there's not a good MLK Day storyline in that matchup. <laughs> yeah.
2: And had Gerard Mayo hired as the New England um, coach as well, too.
3: That's yep. That's a, a
2: Virginia boy. From Hampton, fucking 15 minutes from Mike Tomlin. That's crazy, right? Just two of the flagship franchises coached by some Virginia boys 15 minutes apart from each other.
3: I love that. Um, Okay, I need you all to tell me if I'm a good person or a bad person. But uh, did you all see that? So they moved the Bills-Steelers game to Monday because it was like an unlivable blizzard in Buffalo. And my immediate reaction to this was, aw, like (laughs) – I hope California it's still shit, like oh yes. like I, I hope it's still snowing. Like I love man. watching <laughs> like football games on TV where it's snowing. <laughs> and they put up a clip and I showed it to my wife. She was like, "Oh yeah, you're an asshole." Because yeah. <laughs> it was like it looked like hell out there, bro. Has that ever happened
1: before?
2: Never. This is the first time. Okay. Um, there's a difference between like playing in flurries and playing in a blizzard bro you cannot play in a blizzard man <laughs> you know I love I love how good snow football games look as well but that Mike like is it not bro, football nigga is this not football that was, that was Antarctica, <laughs> not that was real, Antarctica man? footage right there dog <laughs> the that, was, that shit ain't normal that shit cold. had me wondering why people even live in Buffalo bro when I saw that shit like come on man
3: yeah it should look like a John Carpenter movie bro it was it, it did not look like planet earth <laughs> <laughs> Inside yeah. that stadium, did you say they're, they're paying people twenty dollars an hour just fans to come shovel snow out of the stadium? It's just like—is that bad?
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. they can't pay somebody to come. To like, well, no, because
3: they they need manpower, John. Because they said they only have one. It's such an old stadium. There's only one tunnel in and out of it, so all okay. of the snow has to go out one exit too.
0: And machinery can't get in through that tunnel. I, right. I, I imagine. Okay.
3: Not, not in a, I mean, cause they got to get out of the seats, like in the stadium and everything too, oh, cause it's okay. piled up over all of the, <laughs> John, so Yeah. John is also wondering why people live right. in Buffalo.
2: <laughs> Bro, did y'all ever hear
0: about who that, made that stadium who, knowing it snows crazy in Buffalo? Like I think I, I had a friend from Buffalo who said that it snows so much that at, this was like 10 years ago. This is before like global warming and shit got weird or whatever. But anyway, that it snows so much that at, at a certain point in the winter, it's hard to see the houses like under the, from the street when cuz they push this they keep pushing the snow to the side and it piles up so high. You feel me? Like why like so why would they build a stadium understanding how Buffalo works in that way? It makes no sense, but anyway.
3: Football because weather, of,
2: yeah, because <laughs> Buffalo's <laughs> on Lake Area. Motherfuckers were fishing and catching beavers. That's why that
0: shit was terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, any any
2: cold region we're living in, that's basically why.
0: No, I'm saying, why would they build the stadium in the way that, that they did? Where you know to get I think when it was built, out?
3: I think when it was built there weren't domes, but it is something like. So there, there are. I know Kurt Warner is one of the like NFL fuddy duddies. Is like everything should be in a dome. Like you should play like f- like weather shouldn't affect the game. Blah 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 blah. blah. You know, and I, I guess I'm on the other extreme of like maybe they could wear long sleeves if it's 40 degrees below zero. But like, <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I am for sure of the belief that they should have canceled that game, but I'm not a proponent for canceling outdoor games, even yeah. in cold conditions. Because I feel like that cold tells you exactly who a team is. Like, if we saw the way Miami got their ass whooped. That wasn't an anomaly, that was everything that they were exasperated, right? You know what I'm saying that that cold weather gonna show you who a football team really really is. Yeah. But did y'all hear about that um that one Eagles fan who shoveled out the link like voluntarily like he wasn't even getting paid and he lost eight fucking fingers to to frostbite like all that he had. when was this what this was like I feel like ten years ago or so maybe oh my it wasn't, god yeah he you lost eight no gloves, fucking fingers <laughs> <laughs> two thumbs bro
3: you lost That's the guy's guy's thumbs? he lost all his thumbs.
2: <laughs> you're out there like like hey who lost eight fingers but gets a lifetime season <laughs> tickets to, to the Eagles games wait this he, guy <laughs> wait
0: wait he did this shoveling snow and it, like voluntarily voluntarily?
2: Dog. voluntarily but I'm saying like eight fucking fingers
3: hold on but he, he it was so cold that he de-evolved like back to before we were primates <laughs> right like he lost, like the like the opposable thumb is our that's our only advantage in the wild bro <laughs> i mean if you have phalanges to accompany it nigga well you hold just on,
2: got the on. thumb
0: you fuck nigga but i'm I just was saying like drop
2: this shit in the, in, it's, in the was it,
0: it at what point yeah. are you like okay it's cold let me put my hands somewhere like you know what i mean you had this there had to be some warning signs going off in his brain before it was time to cut his
1: all eight
3: that's phalanges one, off, nigga. Th- that's one of the things about extreme cold, though, bro, is it overrides your brain's like, like, bit, so you, you stop, you I mean? malfunction. That's what they said. Like, 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 uh, cause I, I, re- I, every year I read the, um, the year's best sports writing anthology that comes out. There's always something about extreme mountain climbers. And that's one of the things they talk about is like, cause you're losing oxygen to your brain. All the dead bodies that you go by on the way up Everest or wherever, they're just sitting there. They are just the homies.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: they're like landmarks. And what shit. up, like, my nigga? I see you on now. the way back. Oh, you know green what I mean? jacket. I yeah, see- yeah,
3: but the, but John, you know they said like they just sat down and they just like a lot of them just looked like they you know they just were walking and their brain was shutting down I was like it's time to sit down and chill and then they died. Like it's but wow. it wasn't like a struggle or you know it was like so he might not really have been aware of what was going on with his. This headline Wait, that Josh So you just can sit down says, with your
0: homie, like with with the dude you climbing with, and he chilling, no panic, nothing.
3: That's why you're Turn, not. That's why you're. And not the nigga just bro. like, yeah, that's why you're not supposed to sit down. Oh, wow. The, this, the headline of this story Josh just sent us is, who only has two thumbs and is suing <laughs> the Eagles? This guy. Wait, so the only thing he had left was it? Oh, my God. So he lost yeah. everything but his thumb. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, got I thought mittens,
0: he lost bro. it. He, he got hey, mittens,
2: wait, wait, No, he got big boxing gloves, He got how big boxing gloves without the glove. Because
0: you know? mittens, you can still do this. He ain't got none of this no more, bro. It's over with. You yeah. feel me? Dog, so, so, journalism so, 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 wait, wait. was a different. Did he, get,
4: time.
0: did he get money as well as lifetime tickets, or did he? J- they know. just say he did we'll you lifetime. for that
2: shit. So I doubt it. But but bro, so, I'm reading this article. Okay, th- this shit happened 2005, 20 years ago. The years just the years just roll into each other. And the the lead on this shit is remember that bozo <laughs> who got so <laughs> frostbitten while shoveling snow for the Eagles NFC Championship game at the link. Well, today he's supposedly losing all eight of his fingers, but we'll get to keep his two thumbs. That's wild. This is an NBC Sports article, bro.
0: What would you yeah. rather do? Keep? Would you rather lose your thumbs or lose your fingers?
2: You can't. I don't do, know. Bro. You need your thumbs and your fingers, though. <clears throat> I'm like, saying you can't. You can't do oh, that's anything. A good with question. With, like if you like, if, if, if you, you could, just could only this,
3: keep. Your eight non-thumb fingers or your two thumbs? Yeah, I would keep my thumbs. I think the thumbs. I
0: think he can, he could probably still open a door with the thumb and a palm. You, you can still use
3: your phone. I feel like it would be yep. yeah. No, but that, But I mean, like, if you're trying to exist so, in society, but so,
0: yeah. But that's so I know nasty. it sounds dystopian, that's but so, like uh, yeah. But that's so nasty.
3: But I it makes a thousand percent sense. It would be God a lot damn, harder to wipe. Here. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Be a lot harder to wipe your ass, though. I don't know. With the thumbs. <laughs> Hey, get okay. up a day, nigga. Yeah, is- get him
0: a day. Get up a day.
3: Uh, Join the a future. Bo- you're trying to pick a stray booger out of your out of your nose hey. with just a thumb. Hey, unless you got a <laughs> nose like me, nigga. That's why I use my thumb. And I got fingers. <laughs> 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 I, I be,
0: that's why I, <laughs> I pick my nose with my thumb. That's how big my motherfucking nose is, dog. <laughs> Flat out.
3: <laughs> uh, all right. That's your commentary on your nose. Not my commentary on yeah, your nose. Yeah, no, yeah, um, but it's
0: a fact. Right. It's a
4: fact. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: We have to talk about, uh, Biko sent this to us. This is this is great. And then we're going to get into some awards. But uh, Mos Def was interviewed uh, last mm-hmm. week. And on the subject of... The rapper slash pop star Drake, he said that he doesn't feel like his music is hip hop, that it is in fact pop music uh, that makes you think of shopping at Target, which is (laughs) unintentionally extra hilarious because the (laughs) videos everyone was making fun of of that dude that made the videos of himself shopping at Target... all of those videos (laughs) the soundtrack is drake so (laughs) what did you guys think of of the the uh the point that he was making and do you agree or disagree that drake is not uh hip-hop or rap music but is pop
2: um i think there was a very good discussion to be had about that i'm glad that we're gonna have it because it's not happening on twitter right um of course this is just getting boiled down to most F being a hater. And he might have been hating a little bit, but you can still say some valid shit with sprinkled in a little hate. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't it like you know?
0: seemed like he didn't want to say it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: yeah, but but I, I just I just never was was of the of the belief that if you sprinkle in a little hate, that invalidates what you say. But you know that's just that's just me, someone who who happens to be a hater. You know? No, mean, you're 20, a very I'm a <laughs> yeah, a hater hate, of the year speaking about hate, but go ahead. Someone who's shooting for hater of the year, you know. Yeah. But um
3: <laughs> So you are you are uh, on the hate spectrum. You are more pro hate than the average than absolutely. the replacement hater. Yeah, absolutely, For sure. absolutely. I, I,
2: I believe that like, if, as long as your hate is rooted in truth, right? As long as you ain't or lying. it's funny, or it's funny. yeah, or it's you funny, know, one of the right? two. You yeah, know what I'm so. Of course, you know the, the the conversation has devolved on Twitter into ah oh old dude just uh, hating on the on the, the the new guy who happens to be the top at uh, at the top of his shit. He was never as big as Drake. It's jealousy. Oh my god! You know, no. yeah, it it, it it devolved into that, right? Like I just was so confused at how the people who are defending Drake. Against the allegations of him being a pop star, like they were leaning on, look at all the hits Drake has and how many most has, bro. That's the point. That's like, popular <laughs> popular right? that pop, popular, popular music. Right. That is it is popular music, and I think that you know if anyone has, um, you know the grounds to say what he, he said, it's most deaf. most def. You know his music has always said something. I remember him making a video about, um, you know the um the murder of Amadou Diallo back in like mm-hmm. 1999 when he got um you know the African um guy in new york city who got shot like 41 times by the police um he's made songs like uh you know new world water on his debut where he's talking about how you basically you know the same shit he kind of alluded to here how corporate greed is like stripping us of bare necessities and shit um so you know i don't think that you know it it, like i said i i think that he was making a, a very a point that he holds dear to his heart that okay you're making music but you know, the world is burning around us right now, right? Like it's all oh, we're doing is dancing. Are we just not speaking on the real shit that's happening to us? And you know, the, the, and, and and the common rebuttal to people who are defending Drake is Drake isn't obliged to speak on that. And so be it. Right. Like if he doesn't want to talk about it, he doesn't have to. I honestly, I don't know how. I don't think I'd want social commentary from Drake. Nah. You know what I'm saying? I just do not think that he is going to say anything enlightening or insightful on. You want to
3: talk about an unnuanced conversation <laughs> like Drake on homelessness and like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. But another thing that they lean on that I think is very, very much fictitious is they're saying that the type of music that is saying something isn't lucrative. It's not big. And that's bullshit because you look at Drake and you look at the big three from his era, right? It's him, Kendrick, J Cole, J Cole and Kendrick are those guys who do say shit that, you know, they hip hop like is, a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. They're hip hop like a motherfucker. They're speaking on, you know, the conditions of society today. They're speaking on, on on personal issues that they have, right? Like, they make the type of music that, you know, most Steph says that Drake is lacking. And they're super fucking stars. Mr. Morale was like the highest streamed fucking rap album of that year. And he had the highest grossing concert in rap history up until that point. Until Drake overshadowed him with his shit, right? So, you cannot say that it's not lucrative. You can just say Drake doesn't want to do that. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And artists does mm-hmm. not have to do anything they don't want to do. Um... But, you know, I think that there is something to be said for what most said, because I think that it's more it's not necessarily an indictment on Drake more than it is uh, an indictment on where we're at with rap now. Right. Like, you know, we're of the age where we grew up when rap was fucking dangerous. Rap was revolutionary. Right. We had public enemy and fucking NWA and we had fucking two live crew having cases, you know, obscenity cases heard in the Supreme fucking court. Right. It was disruptive. Yes, it was disruptive. It was dangerous. It was something that people feared. And now it's something that you hear when you're shopping at Target. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I completely see where most stuff was coming from on that. Um, but but yeah, you you know, not taking anything from Drake. I think Drake has a case as as, as the GOAT. We've never seen a guy be the top rapper in the game for this fucking long. He's been the top guy since fucking so far gone, dropped 15 years ago, right? Um and and with that said, I do think that what most said had has credibility too, because You know, it's not even a shot at Drake. Like I said, it's a shot at where rap is at right now, where consumerism has just kind of occupied, you know, a genre that used to be revolutionary. So that's just kind of where I'm at with it. I think Drake used to be hip hop. And I don't think you necessarily have to speak. I think he is still hip hop. I
0: think he can rap his ass off. I know. I I think he's. Okay, this is the thing. We're talking about Drake as a whole, right? You feel me? Is Drake Mm -hmm. hip hop now as a whole? No, I think he can be. We saw when he did the, the Scary Hours shit. 3 is yeah. rap, rap, and, and rap, a, when rap, When he did the, the, the deluxe joint, yo, he was yeah. rapping. But we don't really get that from Drake whole, whole, like and albums. You know what I'm saying? Like we get, like we said, artificial intelligence rap. He puts it into an algorithm and spits out a particular type of music. He plays music with the algorithm. He makes music with the algorithm in mind with the masses in mind, with Urban Outfitters in mind, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's <laughs> making music bread. to get playmi- placements. Nigga, he want to be played in Urban Outfitters. He want to be in movies, all that shit. That's the bigger way to make bread. You feel me? And that's, he's a business. That's how he approaches rap. But I think when you get to that point, you know what I'm saying? There's very few rappers that are not pop- popping it. Like the Migos, they pop like a motherfucker. I think rap in general is pop music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the most popular you know, genre, right? You know what I mean? So that's, that. I think that's where it went left. That's why it's not disruptive anymore. That's why they don't, because they're thinking about the bread and and, and 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 that when they're making, when they making uh, albums or whatever. But I think there's very few, like, like there's not many people that are the best rapper, like Kendrick, Jay-Z. They're the best rapper in the world at the moment and are still hip-hop, you know what I mean? You have to make a concerted effort, and that is the hard way to be popular and make really good music, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like Drake, you know, like you said, he's the gold, all that shit, but he's not hip-hop anymore. But at one point, he was, and I think he still has that ability but he moves like a corporation, not like a man that's, you know, that's, that, you know, he's not, you know, not a, not a, not a, a hip hop artist. You feel me?
2: Yeah. And I, I, I do think that rap is extremely popular, right? So the biggest rappers are going to be pop stars in a sense. Right. I, but I think that, you know, the connotation that most was making and that a lot of us make when we call a rapper pop is that you are softening your music to make it more appealable. Right. You, you are, you're kind of, you know, dulling your music, you know, dumbing down your music. Watering that shit dollars, down. You know, you know what I'm saying? As, as, yeah. As for the masses. Said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But but but, you know, like I said before, there are rappers out there not doing it. Like Mr. Morale was a hard listen the first few times I ran through it, bro. There was nothing, you know, that that Kendrick softened about that album. And it was I still a huge fucking success.
0: I don't think Kendrick made that album for us to really listen. I think he made that album in the in the like thinking about the performance as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He made. We talked about this. He made. He made that like as an art piece. You know what I mean? And it, it happened to be successful. You know what I mean? And I think it was a be- beautiful. But it's not the most repeatable album. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But it looks. It, it's been great. The videos have been great, and the performances is just fucking incredible. I saw the shit on Amazon. I'm like, I watched it multiple times because it's just incredible. But I th- yeah, I think there's not many people like Kendrick, and also like Kendrick drops album every five years, bro. Right. J Cole takes his time too. This nigga Drake popping shit out, like you know what I mean? He popping shit out every, like, how many albums did he drop, like, in the last two or three years? It seemed like he, after the Pandy, he dropped, like, two or three albums. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So he's, like, he, he he moves differently. You can't make hip-hop music, you know what I'm saying, dropping albums, like, on, on the, like, fashion calendar type shit, nigga. You know what I'm saying? You become, you become Forever 21, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Making music like that. So I think, like, Drake approaches the game totally different, and then the way he approaches it. He, can't, it's going to be very difficult for him to have really like eye opening, you know what I'm saying, like thoughtful music, creative music you know and he's dropping it so, con- you know, just dropping it so consistently like that. He's not going really to with at, this shit. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I agree with all that, but at the same time that might be the trade-off that he had to make for the longevity he had, right? I, I, yeah, because, and, I, and I'm not
0: mad at it, but I'm just saying yeah. that's why he's, he's not hip-hop, that's not, you know what I mean? At, because At the, at the he, moment.
2: Yeah, because you know when he dropped for all the dogs, a lot of the criticism was, bro, you are thirty eight years old still rapping about clubbing with twenty one year old girls. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. Like it's 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 Nasty like work. yeah, it's like you know there's no growth here, and maybe he realized that growth isn't lucrative. You know yeah. what I'm saying that that yeah. that growth. That you know, like you said, he cracked the algorithm. Okay, I know how to make a chorus. I know who is you, who are the viral stars. Let me throw sexy red on this motherfucker. Make a little TikTok craze. You know, song that's going to be a big fucking hit. Get these streams up. Like, like you said, he knows the algorithm. You know, what I'm saying at the same time he happens to be an incredible song maker too. I'm not yeah, taking yeah. that from him as well, but but yeah, it's it's you know, like I said, my my takeaway from from that was you know I think it was more of an indictment on where rap is now as opposed to where Drake is personally.
3: Yeah, and that that that's the only thing I didn't like about the comment, and I, I'm not obviously wouldn't claim to you know know more than most Def or, or even you guys. Like, what's the difference? None of us are claiming music, to know right? more
0: about Mess Def. Yeah. yeah,
3: but what I didn't like about the comment is I think you your guy's nuanced take is exactly right. I think he is taking out his frustration with where the genre of music that he loves and cares about is in its standings now on one guy who has profited from that change and what i did not like about the comment is that it reminds me a lot of um people saying that punk bands that i liked were sellouts or pop music because they happened to get very popular with the music that they recorded in garages or you know that was Mm -hmm. recorded independently And that is the history of music in America. Jazz used to be dangerous as fuck, and is—I mean, it was niggas was
0: on heroin. (laughs) 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 The best jazz, the best jazz comes from needles, nigga. Yes,
3: yes, and and as uh, as like it was oh, it was like it was gonna cause inter you know intermixing of the races. Like jazz was dangerous, rock music was dangerous, punk music was dangerous, hip hop music was dangerous. That is the process of. Like that is how, and this is what happens with all culture. Something starts out as an authentic subculture, blows up, and then it becomes to the masses. Now, because we're in America, money is involved in that. But that is yeah. always what has happened. That is always how artistic styles, whether it's painting or music or anything, have become popular. It starts with one person or a group of people and then it expands and takes over. What I don't like about it is if Lupe Fiasco had happened to put out an album. That got put in the right movie, or got you know they sampled it for a fucking Friends episode or something, and that album sold a hundred million copies. That changes something about Lupe Fiasco because he was more profitable or successful. Like it it supposes a an intent in what Drake is doing that like I and I hate to be ever sounding like I'm defending a Drake, Drake in an argument, as both of you all know, but like. Is the music he's making not authentic to him? I don't think that that's true. I don't I, I, like I Drake. Say, well, seems like I, a, I, I, I'm making music for shopping. Like I think Drake is watching the video of that dude shopping at Target, set to his music, like vibing. Like that's it. Like I don't know. Like that seems like that. Mu- that could be what his soul sounds like. You know what I mean? I, I I think we've. I think
0: it's gotten to a point Drake's music where it doesn't feel like Drake. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I hear does like- it, Does it not
2: feel like Drake or should Drake be a different person than he may, was at 38 maybe, than may, he was at 21? Yeah, th-
0: maybe because it doesn't sound like a 37-year-old. Maybe that's yeah. what, where i met with it. But it doesn't sound like Drake. But I think one thing we got to realize too is rap isn't ours anymore, man. Rap is not ours, bro. When it became for the, the most popular shit, you know, right. do like- no no Okay, yo, Kendrick. Remember Kendrick put an old girl up on stage and she said nigga while rapping she had to kick him on stage? Bro, you know No Name? Like do y- 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 y'all know no name a Chicago yeah, rapper, yeah. who is, I'm talking about rappity rap, hip hop like a motherfucker. She stopped perf- she stopped performing because it was white dudes in the crowd saying, nigga, listen to her shit. You know what I mean? As hip hop as she is, it's still like the, the demographic who's listening to her shit, it's not the people that she's making music for. Like rap is not ours anymore. To be like, you know what I'm saying, profitable, you know, it's 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 but difficult like- to just
3: Go ahead. Yourself. Like neither of you would say Vince Staples is a is a pop artist, not a rapper. I, I was
0: going right? to bring up the Vince Staples point when he I, said I've, he made I, an album. He I, made yes. an album with the, with placements in mind. And like, I like,
3: but I've been to a half dozen Vince Staples shows, and yeah. the audience they're, they're white, white, as shit. white as fuck. But like, also Vince, and, has, I, know, and I know for yeah. a fact that's not what he is seeking out to do when he's for sitting down and recording. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so that's what I don't like. Is like once you've made something, and the world does what the world's going to do with it. I don't think judging artists on that based is on like, what
0: the world does, that makes sense. I get your point. That makes sense. But the, I don't think he was just judging no, based on I, I the agree world, though, And the, the, I mean? the,
3: the last point I would make on like the pop punk thing is that it reminds me very much of like classism and, and money is tied up in this. And I'm not suggesting this is Mos Def's like point. It's just it's the note that it struck with me that I don't like is like I remember reading about Green Day once they signed with a major label and these were all dudes who grew up very poor like they got kicked out of the club that they came up in in the east bay because they had a policy that if you sign with a label you weren't allowed to play there anymore yeah but all of the but like they said it's like all the people who were like judging us and calling us sellouts or pop musicians he's like they're all upper middle class white kids He's mm-hmm. like, we actually grew up poor, and we're like, someone's gonna pay us to do the fucking shit we love to do. That sounds amazing. You fucking kidding me? Right? Like, I'm changing like, my
0: whole like, you know, li- yeah, my family's
3: life. That's so ridiculous. obviously, Drake's not the putting music out now is like a starving artist or something like that. I just think it, it's it, it's hard for me to um, judge people based on like the way, like I said, their stuff is received. And again, like I, I agree with you guys that it, he seems more frustrated with. Where hip hop is in society now, which I don't even disagree with that yeah. frustration. You know what I mean?
0: What? Yeah. But go, go ahead, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, no, I was,
2: I was going to say, going back to the Vince Stables conversation, yeah. Um, he had a line that was, was always going to stick with me where he said, um, you know, seeing white boys answer where i'm asking where my niggas at know they want to kick it at the places where we kick it at right right like, right, right. about that shit like yeah that's that that's kind of what what rap is it's 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 a bit of voyeurism it feels like right it's a bit of voyeurism from white america into black america um and and to your point mike about you know the same shit with punk rock like motherfuckers will be mad because a song that's like fuck the president blew up you know what i'm saying (laughs) like like bro they are still very much in the spirit of the punk shit you know that 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 they're saying it just happened to be popular and get embraced a lot but but yeah it's it's you know it's just you know rap has and 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 the thing is music has always been about consumerism right music has always been about how can we sell the most records how can we sell Mm -hmm. the most records but the thing about rap is rap kind of fought a battle where they weren't embraced by consumerism. They were like, fuck consumerism. They, they were like, Bro, yeah. like who gives a fuck if we don't sell records? This ain't for them, right? Like there was a yeah. moment in, in that where, you know, being called a sellout, if you appeal to a lot of people and were selling a lot of records, they're like, okay, what part of your soul did you sell to be this? Because, you know, white America was not embracing early rap. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's just a very interesting conversation that, you know, like I said, not only addresses the state of rap now, but addresses kind of like just the history of consumerism and mm-hmm. music.
0: And also, who's the people making decisions (coughs) at these tables? What do they look like? Do they look like
2: us? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they... What motherfucker? You remember Bobby Bobby Schmurter dancing on that table in front of all the
0: folks? Yeah, and they couldn't even catch the beat. They look like uh, uh, the white people's Beyonce trying to do the swag (laughs) surf, nigga. (laughs) Reaching, grasping for the beat. You know what I mean? Can't catch the motherfucker. But I mean, like, as far as like... Another point about Vince Staples. As as hip-hop as he is, he even says he made an album. I think it was Big Fish. You know what I mean he made an album with placements in mind.
2: He said that album what? was EDM y as a motherfucker. Too. But yeah, but, yeah, ahead. But
0: he, but he, I mean, but he said this is the, this is the so like I mean you have to. It's it's he, the one placement was worth was 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 more, worth more than his whole budget. He had one of his placements he got was worth more than his whole budget, bro. Album God, budget. So like dog, that's I mean it, to be hip hop like events, like this is how you got to move. You know what I'm saying to make the type of bread you need to make, and like you like Michael's was talking about, like with with punk, like motherfuckers come up particular places where this money changes. They, a lot of people are counting on them. You feel me? So a lot of people can't really move like a like a Kendrick where they're popular enough got the enough bread where they can sit for five years and then make a very thoughtful, beautiful. You
3: know what I mean? So like,
0: yeah, it's it's it's, 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 it's in a just it's in a rough space, yeah.
3: Because it's it's a, it's really only a conversation you hear about music. No one would ever say. For the most part, I mean, I guess this conversation is sort of happening with Marvel Studios or wherever, but like if you make a hit movie, it's like, congrats, you made a hit movie. Yeah, yeah. If you make a yeah. hit TV show, congrats, you made a hit TV show. No mm. professional football player is trying to be an avant garde wide receiver. You're trying to go to the NFL. <laughs> like you're trying to play <laughs> right. for the fucking Cowboy, right? You know, like, but it, with music, it's like, oh, he's like. <laughs> He's, he's popular in this specific type of way. And again, I'm not I am not even a fan of Drake. I, I do not like that man. I do not think he should be taking 19-year-olds <laughs> to the club. <laughs> Jesus but, <laughs> Christ.
0: That age, bro, I think he said 25-year-old. Let's no, just he's, say he, that. No, he's, he said 21.
2: He said, he said he she did. was in the club, 21 like a savage or some shit. He said 21. I remember
3: somebody <laughs> said, so you acting like you He didn't say she was 25 like a <laughs> savage. <laughs> okay. <Jeez>. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Christ. Anyway, right, um, man. we got a couple of awards to give out. First of all, Someone suggested that uh, we someone on Twitter suggested we give out a wife guy of the week award. And we certainly have this week a very good candidate which is the fullback for the San Francisco 49ers Kyle Juicechick his wife or oh, girlfriend wow. I believe his wife makes custom jackets uh with like uh-huh. players players' jerseys, a uniform. It's his wife that the same last name. It's his wife. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She was explaining how she um how she learned to spell the last name, which was funny. But Taylor Swift wore one of her custom jackets to the Chiefs. That game. shit was
0: hard too. That shit was yeah. hard. The
3: shit looked good. Well, and we, was we, we, we We talked about this with the Gridiron gals, I think, two times ago that they were on. Like, My wife is one of those football fans. She loves football, but she does not wear pink shit ever or sequins yeah, shit yeah. ever. And for the whole time I was getting her into football when we were in college, we would look at the NFL catalog, and it's like, you could wear this pink jersey or this purple jersey with sequins on it, right? And so she's making stuff that, act, like, Juice Chicks' wife's making shit that looks like actual fashion that right, women right. who don't want to be drowning in pink might want to wear and obviously it's taylor swift so there's all these videos and photos of her arriving in the jacket and kyle juice chick literally got, replied or Under commented every on every single video great custom jacket by at chris juice look at the incredible jacket bro. by at chris 10 out of 10 bro <laughs> She went up, and obviously Taylor Swift, certainly more of a boost than, than her husband was, but she, I think they said she picked up 160,000 followers on Instagram on that one day, uh, all this other shit, but I just love to see that. You got an NFL player whose wife has got her side business that obviously she's putting a lot of her her energy into, and he was like, well, I got to buy this week. Let me just sit on social media and just link everyone to her account. I really respect yeah. the fuck out Love of that. that for both yeah. of
2: them. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just hoping the NFL does the right thing and if they decide to run with this, they let her kind of spearhead the shit mm-hmm. and kick her in some bread, but they probably won't if they do decide, but great story regardless. And, and on some real shit, I don't even think those those jacks are just appealing to women. Like, I could for sure see a, a Baltimore nigga wearing a knee-length Lamar fucking jacket, bro. Facts. You know what I'm saying? An all-black joint? Hell yeah. With some big-ass Tims on here?
0: new Balance For
2: sure. She All actually right.
4: made a um, a zip up vest for Debo Samuel. Yes, recently. I saw that. Because yes, he a bunch of other stuff. It See
2: was. It was not best. good luck. See my best.
3: <laughs> See my best. Yeah, it was not good luck because they had the Brock Purdy MVP on there, and I think it was like the week before he got. Filleted like by that, my loafers <laughs> made of gophers <laughs> It was that or skin my shoulders. My kids love that Senses song, bro. For everything, dog. Yeah, my my kids love that song, bro. They're just uh, out of nowhere. See just, my best, <laughs> see my best made <laughs> of pure gorilla chest. <laughs> Song. What a fucking uh, jam.
0: Y'all are some jam. good old silly billies, nigga, for real. Like, <laughs> like you know, top tier silly billy
3: shit right here. All right. <laughs> we gotta wrap up with the uh, Dookie Butt of the Week. Um Tyler, who is your Dookie Butt of the Week? I'm
2: I'm gonna go with the easy pick here and say Cowboys fans, of course. Just wanna <laughs> rub some more salt in the wound. And said fuck it. Uh, uh Eagles fans and Giants fans while we're here too. Fuck <laughs> 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 <Come> on. <laughs> And fuck a lot of Washington fans too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it a buck here, okay? Fuck a lot of those guys too.
3: God, I respect that. Tyler said yeah. the entire NFC East. except for the cool I mean, homies. Uh, Jackson, your Dookie butt of the week. My Dookie but of the week is Aaron Rodgers, and I
1: know it's it's because he he gets mad when people come at him about his off the field stuff, even though he's the one starting it all. But this is purely football. Last season, Green Bay Packers eight and nine. Did not make
3: the playoffs. Damn
1: This season, Jordan Love's first season
3: as a starter, 9-8, and beat the Cowboys on the road.
2: There it is. Don't let the door hit you. (laughs) (laughs) And their head coach.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Their head coach does an interview where he says, it's just been so much more fun this year. The energy is so much better in the locker room. (laughs) I wonder why, bro.
2: I wonder fucking why.
3: Uh, I have a two part dookie butt of the week, so I would do one and then let John do one, but i am just joined in on the, the, the football side and say Dak Prescott, uh, who said in an interview after the game, if Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat, I should be too. Sir, Total yes,
2: sir, face ass nigga, dog. I'm telling <laughs> oh, you, that shit ain't gonna nasty. save you, bro.
3: They're not paying you.
2: You're <laughs> gone. you it's, it's over for you, dog. You have played your last game as a Dallas Cowboy unless you want to play for pennies, which your groveling ass I, might do, knowing your goddamn boot looking at. You know what? Let me. <laughs> No, yeah, I was yeah, going yeah. <laughs> yeah, to a place I didn't want to go. I just man. did not like that motherfucker. After that police <laughs> donation during summer 2020, I was like, "Fuck <laughs> this dude forever, dog." But yeah, man, it's just, bro, that company man shit is not going to save you. Did you not just see how they did Russell Wilson? Like, listen, man. But but motherfuckers got to learn the hard way, and I have, and and if if if, if Dex gonna learn the hard way, I'm going to enjoy every second of that ride. So fuck it.
3: And I want to add. He's not playing for the Denver Broncos. He's playing for the Cowboys. Now, I don't like Jerry Jones as a human being, uh, but Jerry Jones, when he was building his new, when he was building Jerry World, bought a huge stake in steel futures, so that if the cost of steel went up, thus increasing the cost of building the new stadium, he would profit from the rise in price of steel to offset that increased construction cost of the stadium. You're not going to trick that dude into paying you by being a bootlicker. That's right. not the fucking dude to do that with. <laughs>
2: right. You better just fucking, bro, get on Instagram, follow the Arizona Cardinals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just let them know that that you're open for business, dog. Like, it's over. You are, I'm pretty sure this is your last game you ever played as a cowboy. And licking boots on the way out ain't going to save you, dog. It John, never was going to.
0: John, your dookie better of the week. I was gonna say more. Roy McElroy, a golfer. New York, I knew it was some golf him. shit. I knew that was. I some know, but, shit I, but I'm not gonna. Say, it. I, I was gonna say it because I mean he fucked off a lead this weekend with like a like hitting the ball on the 18th hole, 72nd hole of the fucking weekend. Hit a ball into the water and then three putt, nigga. Like that's some that's oh, for no. a professional. Oh, it's, it's all bad, bro. It was, it was like the nigga was stumbling down, tripping over his feet, trying to get to the trying to finish the fucking. Do round. Do you like anyway, Roy McIlroy? The I only other it. the, uh, the yeah, only about, other no, people this, I know who love nigga, golf, This love nigga Rory is hella, for Roy. he hella like, you know what I'm saying, for diversity. And he was like, this motherfucker that caused a tr- causes all the issues wearing a hoodie on the course. Well, they got oh, okay. rules okay. you can't wear a hoodie.
2: He wore a hoodie like, fuck you all, nigga. I'm I'm Roy. What you going to do to me? I re- I remember you he good? went on I remember he went on Jay Leno after winning the Masters and he implied that he you know, boned his wife after that in the Master's Jack. And I was like, okay, this guy might be kinda cool. I was like, <laughs> Was that Rory? Yeah. I yeah, okay, I think okay. that was. Yeah.
0: That feels so, very uh what's that tall white man's name? I forget his name. He was really good. You, you guys, are the you person I would ask that question to. Yeah, but I mean i, be, I don't be knowing you know how you know how I am with white people's names. <laughs> I'm
3: sorry, it was I? uh it was Margot Goddamn, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah it, yeah, was, yeah, it was. It was. It yeah. was Emma Watson. He, yeah, okay. no, no, no. Jackson, you know who it
0: is, bro? The tallest, fuck, athletic. He was. He's. He's dating uh, Gretzky's uh, daughter, oh, D-
1: Dustin Johnson.
0: Dustin Johnson. That's sounds like some Dustin Johnson shit. That's oh, how he was. He? he
2: sounds like twenty. He's twenty five, twenty six. If he's dating Gretzky's daughter, how old is that? Nah,
0: called? he's in his. He's in his mid 30s, 30s, 30s. mid thirties. Really? Mid, mid to late thirties. Nah,
2: yeah. nah, nah, nah. Because this was like early two thousands. I remember seeing that shit. Okay. So
0: Roy, I, I don't know. Roy was around that time. I don't think that was Roy, my boy.
2: I don't know, but anyway, oh, uh, that pro- <laughs> it might be something. L- l- let me let me Google but, uh, Rory, Rory Sex Masters Jack. Right <laughs> <laughs> but
0: uh, Rory the, Sex the real the real Dookie, <laughs> but that I was going to say is uh, Brent Fias. Y'all know, oh, you he, know what I'm saying? Yeah, that motherfucker. He, shape, he shaved shave his beard shaved he look like shit. Spike Lee, yeah. nigga. <laughs> <laughs> bro, he like got bitter beer face, nigga. That chin, is, chin is strong as hell and weak at the same time, nigga. Yeah. God damn, it's like, prominent this, and
2: weak as fuck. Right? Bro, he look like
0: he look like a burn victim. <laughs> 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 bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> hey, he look, hey, hey, man, we go, yeah, nigga. I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they they sent the a picture. And I swear to God, they was talking about there was clowning the person. I'm like, what? Why is Spike Lee on stage? Why y'all clowning this man? You feel me? And then I'm scrolling down the group chat, and it was Brent fires I'm like,
2: yo,
3: crazy, uh, crazy. Right. And then my not, second, not Brent. My second part no, of my dog.
2: I, me and me and me and Wifey sat at the same fucking roulette table with Brent fires and um at the MGM National Harbor in 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 Maryland and shit. And when he got up, you know, I wasn't going to be no groupie ass motherfucker. I wasn't going to yeah, bother yeah. that dude. But when he got up, I I, I I looked at summer and I was like, hey, that was Brent Faez. She's like, oh. I was like, you, you don't know, know who that is, is huh? She's like, all, no. <laughs> What's crazy yeah. is
0: he's not popular popular, but he does crazy numbers because his yeah. fan base is rabid as fuck. But like, Easter Ray said that's yeah. my favorite artist, like type of shit. You know yeah, what I mean? But but, but, but then he, I but he,
2: then I yeah, I, I I I said he's the dude who was singing the, the chorus on cruise. And I see money all the yeah, man. He's yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I see, bro, I see like I saw Brent Fire, like the the chick the squad about this is the chicks love this man. Mm-hmm. Like I saw, I was out and saw him. And with he's
2: terrible name. in his music.
0: He, like, oh yeah. I, he oh has, he's a oh, he is so toxic. He bro, toxic as fuck, bro. But they love that shit. They I love I saw it, him. Yeah. I was out. I forget exactly where I was at on some LA shit. When you know this is before I was married and shit. But we was at um, we was at like some cafe. Like no, uh, no, nah, nah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Butu is not LA. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> but uh, it's just nice. But anyway, uh, nah, they um, he, he was. But I don't know. He was with the the baddest fucking Somali chick I've ever seen in my life. Just tonguing the motherfucker down. Like like chicks love him, bro, and. Now he out here with the bare face. And I, and I, bro, I would look the exact same way.
3: That's <laughs> why you yeah. the decisions you're making. Same here. Yeah, you
0: feel me? I would look the exact same way. So I'm uh,
3: talking shit, but I, you know, I ain't. I, I told yeah. the story a long time ago on the podcast, but the, um, the last time I, sh- I've only shaved my face once. I had a goatee in high school and then I just graduated to a beard in college. I only shaved it one time. My wife, you know, said, mm, I don't think we're going to, probably do that one again you know and then and then and, then, and then, but i told y'all the next time i brought it up yeah i said uh, i said oh, oh, what what if i shave my face again and she said mm, i i don't want you to do that because people are going to look at the two of us together and go he must be rich like <laughs> bro
0: bro, bro i remember hey there was I, I remember reading a story and like this is this is how much beards this is beards are makeup for niggas you feel me like i remember reading a story where like there's some reddit shit where this this woman was asking, it was a question answer shit. Hey, my husband had to cut his beard for a job. You feel me, like a, some government job, or whatever. And I don't like his face anymore. <laughs> right. You feel me? But she only knew him with the beard, so this was yeah. a holy totally different person. So she was like, I just am not. I'm like, I'm like it they, just it, gotta it it out, some man. real shit. Yeah. Man, but I'm like, yo, so yeah, man. I'm not cutting this shit. Rather I actually you remember I would actually cut my shit one time was like no sir brother no nope, not I, for dude. me I didn't I, I, I didn't I didn't marry a milk dud. i married a man <laughs> <laughs>
2: fuck
0: you me uh, bro. And, Second,
2: and i was i was wrong it was phil mickelson who was fucking him. yeah that's the filmmakers <laughs> shit
0: i think i said it was some, i believe some, phil mickelson is a, a top shelf well, he's degenerate, a, degenerate so i believe Oh, he's that. a horrible fucking human yeah yeah,
3: yeah yeah uh yeah. all right last part of my dookie butt of the week was whoever created the Darvin Ham Muse Twitter account. You ruined my weekend by making me aware that you are on the planet. Like, <laughs> are is, they defending Ham? Yes. It's, it's a Twitter account that exists to just defend Darvin Ham, and it's so outlandish and disgusting that I wouldn't even believe it was a burner account for someone in his family. Like when the, when uh they like lost even to he's the not jazz, that ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So they just were quote tweeting it. Like, I wonder what the. You know, uh, I, uh, all the Darwin haters are going to load up the arguments on how this is Darwin's fault and not, <laughs> not Braun and AD. Like, I promise you on this earth, whether we were put here by God or just, you know, a fluke of the universe, there are better things to do with your life. I promise you than going on the internet <laughs> to log on to Darwin Ham Muse and argue with strangers, Please. You almost made me quit Twitter like spontaneously after 14 years of all the dumb shit on Twitter. I literally was like, I need a blue sky code right now. I, I got to get I, the, I, the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> shit.
2: A Did burner you, account like, to defend rotations. <laughs> like, bro, really?
3: Really? You go learn to ba- paint. Like, go try <laughs> a new drug. Like, get, like, go for walks. <laughs> Tap into a wine and shit,
2: my G. You, you know what I mean? Anyone yeah. you want to be on the internet. And that motherfucker chose to be Darvin Ham,
0: <laughs> Dude, yeah, lie, lie, lie about it, bro. Make up a person, oh, bro. You
3: know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, that's all the time we got. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want more Jenkins and Jones before our next episode, we are now doing exclusive YouTube segments that are not in the regular pod. The pods will stay the same. But you can go to youtube.com slash Jenkins and Jones. We are going to answer a mailbag question uh, in each segment. We might do some recommendations. And we're talking about doing some behind the scenes of uh, some oral history with Tyler on some of his uh, most classic moments on Twitter. So we're, I'm excited for that. But go check out YouTube.com slash and Jones for some more good shit. And we will see y'all on Thursday. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye. The Volume.
1: This
4: is Malcolm Gladwell
1: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club. Tired of restless nights?
2: At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.